Hi, Xcoders. It's June 12th as I record this, and at our meeting last night, Tim Eckel read uh, our support for the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's going on, and I wanted to open this episode by reading that same statement and putting extra voice behind uh, what is happening in our society right now. So it says, We'd like to take a moment to express Xcoder's support for the Black Lives Matter movement and the continuing protests in Seattle and around the country. Xcoder's believes in justice for the black members of our community. As a group, Xcoder's remains dedicated to offering a welcoming space for members of the tech community interested in sharing their work. Especially now, we would be thrilled to help increase the visibility of black members, old or new, wanting to share their skills or experience by hosting talks, offering podcast appearances, or publicizing blog posts. As individuals, many Xcoders attendees have an extraordinary amount of privilege and the ability to affect change in our teams, companies, and cities. We'd like to ask everyone here to take some time to think about how you can engage with these issues, whether that means educating yourself on the challenges facing Black Americans, fixing injustices in your workplace, or setting up a recurring donation, we encourage everyone to show their own support. The one extra emphasis I would like to say is that as the host of the Xcoders podcast, I would love to have anyone listening who is a person of color, who has stories that they want to share, or just wants a place to to have a, a, a platform, we would love to signal boost any Xcoders that are out there. So if you want to hop on the show, please, please, please get in touch because I'd love to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Hello and welcome to the June episode of the Xcoders Community Podcast. I'm Jared Sorge, and today I'm joined by Mark Bosco. How's it going, Mark? <laughs> Pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. We're kind of continuing the theme we started last month with boosting signal boosting Xcoders who are looking for work. So can you give me a little bit about you and your history and, and what you're up to? Most of my uh, you know day-to-day job experience has been uh, video production or post-production, mostly post-production. Um, and so like around 2007 when the iPhone came out, um, I thought, yeah, it would be really cool to like build my own tools and I could like fix some of these problems that I'm running into with the video uh, workflow. And so I actually um, <laughs> ended up being exactly the right time uh, along with uh, Jose Vasquez. I was one of the founding members of uh, NS Coder Night DC. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So started learning there and getting feedback from other people there that were more knowledgeable programmers than I and mm-hmm. learned a lot. I actually had a Objective-C based uh, iPhone app in the store, which I think was before I, my iPhone and iPad were joined into iOS. And okay. And separated again, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, that was for a podcast called The Post-Atomic Horror, and they do um, <laughs> like going through all of the episodes of Star Trek ever and doing reviews of them. But uh, they oh, had nice. written books about it as well, and it was different content that was in the podcast, and so it was just a nice little 
app with all the content in there and mm-hmm. you could search and keep track of which episodes you watched and stuff like that. It's That's cool. Of, you know, it wasn't that huge an app, but it was it was nice to it, say. There's I had no something such thing as store. a trivial app, really. Every <laughs> app has these crazy corners that you don't see when you first start, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, what mm-hmm. have I got myself into?" At least that's how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I certainly learned a lot building yeah. that. Um, so doing that, and then uh, building a lot of uh, my own tools for workflow stuff. You know, coming out of uh, Final Cut Pro and doing online editing um which is like the on the offline editor takes the raw footage and makes the show out of it mm-hmm. and then the online editor which i did a lot of was like taking that final show and polishing it and making it ready for broadcast spec and all of that mm-hmm. um so you know I, I could automate a lot of that after yeah. you know writing my own tools for it so um That's and then cool. yeah <laughs> and, then, and then the uh the last that was there was a lot of freelance work doing that Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last roughly seven years, I had worked at the Omni Group here in Seattle and um, had been their video producer in-house. Um, did mm-hmm. a lot of, like, you know, kind of jack-of-all-trades there with all of the um, both tutorial and, and, you know, here's new feature stuff and promotional stuff and just kind of everything that was video was under my purview there. Yeah. And... uh and then uh, here I am, <laughs> unemployed. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear hear that. Like that sucks. Um, how are you holding up? Uh, it's I don't know. I guess it's wearing on me a little just because yeah. of the, all the stuff, you know, sweeping my arm wide. All of this yes. on top of it <laughs> <laughs> is a little stressful. But yeah, uh-huh. I'm I'm hanging in there. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, what are you looking for out of your next role? Um, I actually want to move to technical role full time because oh, I cool. found that I really enjoy, um, you know, doing the the programming side of it, solving those kind of problems. is mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me. It keeps me interested, and um, yeah, I really want to really want to do that. That's super cool. What's your job search look like so far? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> competition now because a lot of people have gotten laid off so mm-hmm. i feel like i haven't gotten a lot of callbacks uh for you know any number of reasons i'm sure and part of it is that i'm not as experienced as other people who have probably been laid off as well mm-hmm. um but uh have have had a couple of really good ones there's one company that i'm just did the third round of interviews with a couple of days ago so fingers crossed That'd be awesome. Those, those things are so grueling. Yeah. So, so I had never done that before. It was eight interviews over the course of seven hours. I mean, that's including Ooh. a few small breaks, but still, that was that was a lot. Man, I didn't mention this on the show last time, but I was also laid off like a month, a little over a month oh, no. ago. Yeah. Somebody hired Jared. <laughs> <laughs> and I did a, a loop on Tuesday that wasn't as long and grueling as what you described. It was five Mm. hours over google hangouts but man Mm. my brain was complete mush at the end of it (laughs) right (laughs) and i got thrown this crazy cs question i have no cs background and Mm. totally bombed it Um, oh turned out to not get hired from them it was it was very close though they said so yeah there (laughs) i think there was there was something where 
the schedule of different people who were interviewing me throughout the day needed to be shuffled around. So mm-hmm. a, a coding question that was supposed to be in the morning got saved to the very last one in the afternoon. Oh, I'm no. like, uh, I don't know oh. the brain for this. And I got to the <laughs> point where I'm like, I can describe verbally with my mouth exactly what the code needs to do but my hands just don't want to translate it yeah <laughs> into actual code. yeah I'm like oh no uh <laughs> so we'll see yeah i think i think it came off i didn't come off as a complete idiot so <laughs> <laughs> I, hopefully I'm sure, yeah i'm sure that that you didn't you wouldn't have come off that way and like it's totally unreasonable to think that people can function reasonably well at the end of that kind of a marathon in my mind but yeah i'm what do i know (laughs) it sure was interesting (laughs) yeah do you want to keep doing video stuff like on the side is that still interesting to you no i to be honest i feel a little burned out on the video front Mm -hmm. um it's it's been it's what i've done for the last 25 or so years so Mm -hmm. I think I'd be okay with changing that up and <laughs> just leave that alone for a little while. Yeah. What has that transition been like to getting into like the engineering mindset as opposed to the, I'd say, to say the, the word creative, like you're not creative <laughs> when you're an engineer because there's totally creativity there. What What's it been like to go from such a creative medium of film and video and audio to the more like architecturally creative side? Like they're different sides of creativity it feels like yeah i understand that i i don't know i feel like i've had my hand my hand my foot my foot in both camps for (laughs) um you know a really long time since you know probably since i was a teenager was just fascinated with like how does this technology work and how Mm -hmm. do i pull it apart and (laughs) see Mm -hmm. how it ticks um so that's always been you know even on the video side i'm like okay well i'm I'm going to be doing this stuff, make sure it's ready for broadcast spec. I want to understand all of the specs. How does this work from the bottom up? Hmm. Um, you know, just in terms of like, how does the video signal work? What is, you know, how do these pixels get here? How does the, hmm. well, it wasn't even pixels yeah. when I started. <laughs> but, you know, how is, how is this line of uh, the image drawn? And what is the blanking signal and uh, you know, the sync signal and things like that and mm-hmm. it's like it was just fascinating figuring out okay this is how video works mm-hmm. and that i feel like that made me a better um you know editor or anything just because i could easily solve technical problems myself without just you know waiting for someone to come fix the computer sure just an editor you know <laughs> so I've, I, I've just kind of found that true in uh most of the projects i've worked on in my life i just like okay, what do I need to get this done? How does it work? Okay, now I understand it, and I can actually use it to its best capacity. Um, so it's been it's been a long journey of that. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it served me well in, in building my own tools and, and, you know, the couple of apps that I built. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, lo- <laughs> I love the puzzles. Uh, so, you know, I'm like, and now I'm reading, you know, Amit Singh's Mac OS 10 internals, which Ooh. I think is pretty out of date because it's a lot of PowerPC stuff in there, but it at least gives me an idea. It's like, okay, how does the system work deep down? How can I understand this better? That's the, at least still talking about like OS 10, right? Yeah. With all the Unix underpinnings. Yes. Okay. 
but I think it okay. only goes up to like ten four, so and it just like barely touches on Intel chips. Oh wow, okay, yeah, yeah, ten four, <laughs> mid ten four, I think is when Intel started shipping. Mm-hmm. My memory serves correctly, which it might not, but it's like an that... appendix in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you guys can't see this, but look how thick this book is. Holy it's enormous crap! That's it's like at least three inches thick. Yeah, and they're it's very gotta thin be like pages. a ten to twelve pounder. That's that's dense. Probably not many <laughs> pictures either. No, <laughs> that's all text. <laughs> uh, I think. I mean, macOS. It's changed over the years, but the internals mm-hmm. I don't think have changed super significantly. At least up until the last couple of years, when uh, like system integrity protection came out. I think three years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and then with catalina this year the the boot volume is on its own partition now and it's a read-only space and then all your data is in the separate hidden partition and like the way that stuff works is a, is different but that goes mm. internals i don't think it's changed a ton yeah well i figure once i get through the book then i'll just i'll catch up on mike ash's blog to understand <laughs> yeah. the rest of it <laughs> definitely that's a that's a good place to go for sure uh it's quite a down since he went to apple because you know cone of silence and all that oh yeah but the the old blog posts are still there yes yes and i think he's <laughs> so. even made a book out of them too that you could like yep. bundle it all i think up. there's three volumes of that now oh seriously yep yeah oh, I should go check that out <laughs> <laughs> what's your relationship overall with xcoders how long have you been coming how'd you find us um, I've been coming since, mm, with, within the first year that we moved to Seattle, uh, I'd been coming to some of the meetings and I, I haven't been coming a lot mm-hmm. recently, but it's just, just cause I had other life things <laughs> end up yeah. in the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I love the group, even if I, if I can't, you know, I'm working late or whatever and I can't make it down for the actual meeting, I'll try and at least, you know, come to uh cyclops after and actually just at least chat with people and kind mm-hmm. of you know get a sense for what's going on this week <laughs> yeah and i miss meeting together yeah i, I don't miss <laughs> one bit going to an office and working in an office but i completely mm. miss sex coders <laughs> i i do kind of like going to an office it, to some degree because it's just like it's so much easier to just like poke your head in around the corner and you know try and chat with someone hey can you help me fix this problem versus i feel like you know sending them a pm over slack or whatever is more intrusive which Mm. it it isn't really but it's i don't know it feels that way to me so peeking your head around the corner (laughs) let's Uh let's talk about that Uh, (laughs) what are you telling me that that where you worked you actually had like walls around you on a regular basis yes Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Omni had offices for everybody. It was really awesome space. Yeah. That sounds phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> and not at all what I've experienced the last five, four years of my career. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've they've gone full remote now, so Yeah. No more walls. Every, everyone's done that. So Yeah. The walls are um, are your house walls. That's right. Um <laughs> But yeah, I would go down and like, you know, if I was working on a a piece of the code for one of my tools and I knew I was probably going to run into some problems, I would go down to the engineering lounge and 
work down there so I could just <laughs> yell at someone when I had a problem. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's super cool. And and you were around such a uh, a great team there too, who right? would be super helpful for you. Yeah, I love the people I worked with there. It's so great. How are you keeping yourself busy in your free time these days? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, well, actually, I've been doing a little cross stitch very recently. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because, yeah, I've been I've been making a little gift for my wife because uh, it's it's from the website Witchy Stitcher because <laughs> they make all sorts of like horror themed cross stitch and that sorts of stuff. <laughs> uh, but it says it says talk murder to me, and she's <laughs> constantly watching what we refer to as her murder shows oh yeah girls and stuff yeah so i thought she might enjoy that i have a couple friends who like those those kinds of shows (laughs) (laughs) um but i you know been working a little bit on uh raspberry pi projects that i've had going for a while and um 3d printing stuff and all that kind of stuff what kind of what kind of pi projects are you doing uh i have a volcano in my basement and like that is a working volcano <laughs> see yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is that's operated with a raspberry pi um wow it's it's a very small volcano it's on the shelf with a bunch of tiki mugs okay and <laughs> it's uh every year it gets a little bit of upgrade to it um this year i'm trying to take a what do you call them like a vape pen uh mm-hmm. There's like little tutorials that I've seen online for people using those for smoke output in like cosplays and stuff. Interesting. Like, oh, that would be nice. It's like small enough to fit inside this, you know, the little volcano that I have <laughs> on the shelf there. And it would, you know, make much more smoke. It'd be so much more impressive. So there's there's that. Uh, there's smoke lighting LED light show that goes along with it. There's kind of like surround sound. Uh, four different channels Ew. of sound down there near the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, it's been a, it's a fun ongoing impressive. project. Yeah. So, is that where, like, I see in your Twitter handles, Bob Tiki? Mm-hmm. Is that where the the Tiki stuff comes from? Is is like your basement, or like how did you get into that? Yeah. Um. Wow. I don't. I'm trying to think. I. It was probably. Gosh. Somewhere. Around the time that um, there was a, a a video podcast called Tiki Bar TV, um, which was like a little skit show kind of thing, mm-hmm. and there was like a doctor and his assistant and, and the pretty girl, and <laughs> they all you know had wacky adventures every week. But it would always end with like, "Oh, and here's a recipe for this uh, tiki drink that huh. you can make." And I was like, hmm, "I'm going to try that," and I, I <laughs> liked them a lot, and you know, eventually like. There, I was in Maryland at the time, and there wasn't any, you know, tiki bars near mm-hmm. me at all. But eventually went out and found, you know, when I went on trips or whatever, San Francisco, go to Trader Vic's and go to <laughs> uh, Smuggler's Cove and all that. And it's like, oh, yeah, I just, I, I love the environment. It's a nice fantasy getaway environment mm-hmm. <laughs> to just, cool. and, the, and the drinks that they, you know, they used to serve in the, you know, 30s and 40s um were actually mm-hmm. really good and there was a a long time where it was lost um and this guy named jeff beach bum barry um <laughs> we actually like went around and talked to the old servers that used to work at 
you know, the Trader Vic's and the uh, Don the Beachcombers that were open then mm-hmm. and try and figure out what the original recipes were so that, you know, you could make them at home. Because um, the real problem was that even if you saw the recipes in a, you know, in a book, it would say, you know, uh, these three juices, this rum, Don's Mix number three, blah, blah, blah. It was like, <laughs> what the heck is Don's Mix number three? So it was like actually talking to the people that were, you know, the barbacks were like, yeah. had one set of recipes for the the mixes and stuff. And mm-hmm. those, then those would go up to the, the bartenders up front and they would use the mix, but they wouldn't know necessarily what was in the mix. So it was like piecing together this puzzle of what actually wow. were all of the ingredients. And yeah, it's fascinating. Some of them have a crazy number of ingredients and it's, you know, <laughs> it is kind of a pain <laughs> yeah. to uh, to mix them, but the the flavors are just amazing. Interesting. That's super yeah. cool. So back, back to this pie powered volcano oh yeah is it triggered remotely or like do you have to log into it and type erupt or how how do you actually (laughs) make it make it happen there is a um well okay first i built there's a little control panel box um that was it it was over like just a mixing station at first so there was like three three buttons one was for you know bright white light one was dark and one was erupt the volcano um and they also there was a safety switch you know like like in top gun you know where you flip it up and then oh, you yeah. can do the switch yeah, yeah. it's got the cover on it uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that was the first iteration and now i've got it so um they're talking over osc um from an ipad so you can actually you know i've set up a little custom control uh, screen on the ipad so you can do multiple things you know nice. set the lights to a certain thing or erupt the volcano or somebody breaks the glass hit the house <laughs> lights <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> yeah it's been a it's been fun to piece all of that together is the next step to make a siri shortcut out of it like hey siri <laughs> oh i should totally do that hey siri blow your top and <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh it's playing blow. It's play, it found a song called "Blow Your Top." Oh no! <laughs> that is exactly what would happen. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my goodness! Oh man! That's awesome. <laughs> the number of times that I asked Siri to play something that is in my library, and it picks right? some random song that I've never heard of before. <laughs> goodness! <laughs> oh man! Cool. So, how can the people who should hire you if you're still available when this comes out, uh, how should they be able to find you? You can go to my my blog website, which is stationinthemetro.com. Okay. And I'm sure my my uh, CV and my resume are right there at the top of the page, and there's email built into each of those. So awesome. You can contact me. So, yeah. Awesome. So if you're listening and want a, an iOS developer, go hire Mark. He's good people. <laughs> Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Uh, We will see you in July.